Yes. All right. So today, like we said, um, today is going to be Bible study, and um, why we wanted or why I wanted to do that today was just so that we could, you know, have a healthy conversation about the scripture and just generally, you know, look at things that maybe prior to now you may just have read it and glossed over. Um, are you are you read it and you got had some interpretation and you have been running with that? And it seems as you know. Okay. Um, as as we all come together, you'd be shocked that you know when we all read a scripture, it comes alive in different ways. Then, from people's diverse life experiences, it now somewhat makes that scripture or that phrase or that you know um, chapter you know more weightier in terms of how to use, how to work with it, how to understand, and how to even teach other people about it. And for me, that's one thing that I feel like um, feed can offer, um, the ability for us to just sit down with the scripture and just expound on it and look at the many possibilities and the dimensions of that scripture. All right. So um, this morning or this evening, let's just say a quick word of prayer as we start off on feed. So dear Lord, we are grateful for the privilege to gather um, it's in your word that where two or three are gathered in your name, you are there. So we already know that you are here by faith and because your word is true. And um, and, and we know that your word is consistent and constant. So we thank you for being here. Lord, we also ask that today you fill us with your spirit and you give us diverse understandings into what we will be learning today. We ask that you give us understanding like never before. We ask for God for your grace to be a compass and to teach us yourself in the name of Jesus. I ask for God that for me, that you, Lord, you take total control. Nothing will be um, um, from the flesh. It will be all by your spirit in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for in Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. All right. So um, I know that some of us are maybe in noisy places, um, so you can keep your mic muted. But from time to time, I may ask some questions just so that, you know, we have a very full house or some, um, so that we can just get, you know, your thoughts on certain things. I think that would be a very good way to have feed today. All right, so today I'm going to be looking at, like I shared in morning prayers, I have really been fascinated, excuse me, fascinated about the book of Acts. And why? Why am I really looking at Acts? For me, Acts seems to be like the most perfect representation of our lives after we become born again. First, you know, out of darkness, then we become light and we become light. We enter into that light and we start to, you know, we start on we start out on a journey, you know, um, with Christ. And this Christ that we are having a journey with is a Christ that we do not see physically with our eyes, but we believe is with us and is is you know within us. And that's exactly what was happening to the disciples. Jesus had just left. So it seems as though they were having to believe Jesus, not just by his physical presence, but by his spiritual presence and by his omnipresence. And that's, you know, changed the dynamics of a lot of things 
And also, you know, that was where Jesus also told them that, you know what, I'm not leaving you. Don't look at it as a loss. Look at it as a gain. And what are you gaining? You are gaining a helper. I will be physically limited if I have to be with each disciple. Can you imagine if Jesus had to be traveling to go and visit each disciple to strengthen them after, you know, they were, you know, told to go into the world and preach the gospel? It would have been very, very challenging for a human being to do that, you know. And so he said to us that it is an advantage that he goes because he's giving us someone, and that someone is in the person of the Holy Spirit. So we can start to understand how the Holy Spirit operates with his people, with his children, um, from the book of Acts. And for me, that was something that was very, very exciting and was very um, interesting to note. I wanted to see how the Holy Spirit helps in natural days and in, you know, in the things that we normally do. So I will start off with Acts, rest, Acts, Acts chapter 3. Um, but maybe to run through a bit of, you know, Act 1 to Act 3, just to sum it up so that um, it, it might give you some context. It might. Um, so the Holy Spirit really, you know, the day of Pentecost happened in Acts 2. Acts 1, Jesus was still around. Um, this was where, you know, Jesus was promising that the Holy Spirit. Acts 1 was where he also ascended. Acts 1 was where somebody was asking him that, Jesus, when are you going to, you know, the kingdom of God, when is it going to come now? When are you going to deliver us from these soldiers and this oppressive lifestyle? And Jesus was like, you know what, that's a, I'm not about that. That time only God can tell. I don't know that, but you know what, why don't you tarry for the for, to be endowed with power. And it makes sense that Jesus will say, you know what, I'm not going to talk about fixing something that if you have the Holy Spirit, you can fix it. I would rather fix my time or I'll be consumed with you getting the Holy Spirit. Then you by yourself, by the workings of the Holy Spirit in you, you will now start to see a lot of things happen for you, even beyond the uh, uh, um, the dethroning of a kingdom, if God permits, you know. So I think Jesus was really trying to get them off that narrow mentality of, ah, Jesus, when will you give me a house? Jesus, when will you give me a job? Jesus, when will you give me a car? Jesus, when will I marry? Jesus was like, see, those things, the father understands when he will bring it. Your father is a wicked God. Like, you know, going back to the scripture that says, if you ask for stone, would your father give you, if you ask for bread, would your father give you stone? If you ask for fish, would your father give you snake? Like, those are things that are in the purview of daddy. Daddy is going to fix that. The hour for that thing, God knows it. But the one me I'm here for is how you can enact and gain those things that God has given you when it is time, that is it. So don't do anything now. Tarry, wait. I don't need you to go preaching the gospel. I just need you to be together waiting for that gift. Because when that gift comes, woo, then you can move in supernatural dimensions. And these things that you really want so bad, you will see that you can get them effortlessly. So that was what really John 1 was about, uh, Acts 1. Then, of course, the Bible says Jesus ascended, and um, they had to do um, the picking of another disciple, which was Matthias, you know. And you would have found, it, it's, it's amazing how, you know, they, they, they picked Matthias in the Bible. 
um, the Bible said that they prayed to God that, okay, God, your word has been said that yes, someone would betray, you know, and it has happened. So Lord, um, guide us as we, you know, pick the next person. And what did they do? They casted a die. They almost like they put names in a ballot and they picked one. They picked between two. Um, another conversation for another day, but you know, one of the things that struck me, they said they picked from one of them that has always been with them. Meaning that all the while, Matthias and who was the second person? Hold on, let me just find the name. Um, Anybody that knows the name, you can just quickly share it um, while I go through the scriptures myself. Yes, Bar Sabas, also known as Joseph. These guys were, had always been with Jesus, had always been, you know, with the disciples around, and they had always been there. And, you know, I just started to think about it that these guys were not the 12, but they hung the they were around. If their desire was so that they could feel among or be part of the few elect, they would most likely have lost that. And I don't know whether that word would resonate with someone, you know, that, you know, just stay in that company. Stay in that place. You may not be noticed now. And it's just, it might just be for a time zone. It might just be for a season. These guys were always there. So it was easy for them to replace them because they knew they were always there, you know. So that was pretty much Acts 1. Acts 2, you know, we're doing Bible study. Acts 2 now talks about the, you know, the revealing or the entrance of the Holy Spirit um, to them. And the Bible says they were all seated, they were all in one accord, and suddenly there was this loud sound, you know, uh, like a roaring mighty storm, and it filled the entire house that they were sitting in, and it seemed like as if there were tons of flames of fire on each one's head. And as they, you know, were there, they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began speaking in other languages, such that people that were passing by started to hear them. And the one thing that happened was the spirit of boldness came upon Peter and he ministered to a crowd of people right there. So that happened in Acts 2. Now, Acts 3, which is where I'm going to. Now, the Bible says, or let me just start from Acts, well, I'm actually going to Acts 2, Acts 2, 42. It says, all the disciples, Acts 2, verse 42, Acts 2, verse 42, so I, I don't rush too much. Acts 2, verse 42. Now, somebody can also put that in the in the group, uh, I mean, in the comment section. Oh, somebody says we need to, ah, hey, Lubaton. Okay, sorry, I was not in the group section. Let me move to, somebody said they want to see my face. Let's see. Does that work for you guys? Is it better now? I'm most likely not. Yes, it's better. Thank you, sir. Okay. <laughs> Hi, Lolade. I hope you're good. All right. Yes, thank you, Manuel. So Acts 2, verse 42. It says, and all the believers, I'm using the NLT. It says, um, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, and to sharing of meal, and to prayer, four things. After the move of the Holy Spirit and the extravagance, you know, um, loud noise that came with, you know, all that dramatic entrance, 
the Bible says the, the, the believers devoted themselves to four things. So I started to think about it that for us to be able to really sustain any spiritual momentum, these four things are essential. Either when friends pray, the recalibrate retreat, anything that, you know, just seem to be like a manifest outpouring of the spirit and the presence of God. After that, these four things must be constantly in the fore of every believer or else you may yeah. the fire. And I'm saying this because a lot of us, we've been in situations whereby, you know, you go for a program and it just seems like after a while, it has waned. It now looks like I see programs are like perfumes. You always have to keep topping up and topping up and topping up, which should not be a bad thing. But I feel like while programs can be, you know, it's good to go to programs, you must also understand that the person of the Holy Spirit is not a fragrance. The person of the Holy Spirit is a constant is always there but how do you you know maximize and sustain that personality is what we are looking at today so the four things that i want us to always remember is the believers did four things and one was they were devoted to the apostles teaching and while i was reading this the lord was just there with me he said that they were not devoted to the apostles so you see the generation of people that they hang around very powerful men. They, it's almost like a thing of pride. Ah, I am close to Pastor Godman. I am close to um, Pastor Chintok. I'm close to PU. I'm close to, you know, whoever it is that seems to be a, a spiritual juggernaut. It is not the proximity to the person that makes you grow. It's the proximity to the person's teaching that makes you grow. Every person that I've heard that I've taken the spirit of anyone did not take their spirit. You know what I mean by take their spirit, like their essence or what makes them seek, what makes them who they are, you know. Uh, everyone that I've seen take that grace of transference of, of a spiritual father or a mentor did not do it just by proximity. They did it, by, yeah, you know, people that took their, thank you, P.I., mantle or, or impartation they didn't do it by proximity alone they did it by proximity to the teachings of the person and i'll give you a typical example elijah and elijah the bible said elijah was always with him elijah was always with elijah he was pouring water in the hands of elijah but the bible said elijah said to him if you see me go now, a lot of things could have happened and he would have just stayed with proximity. They got to a place that they were telling him, your master is going to go, your master is going to go. In fact, at the time, the master was telling him, guy, go back. But the Bible said, when he saw his master go, he cried aloud because the master had already told him that if you see me go. So you see that the master had left an instruction that was able, that, that the, Elijah was able to recollect and lay hold of then he was able to receive that mantle. So it was not just because he was close to Elijah. It was not just because he had Elijah on speed dial. It was not just because he was Elijah's favorite cool kid. It was because he was close to the teachings of Elijah. I know Pia and myself, we have friends, we have people, we have, you know, people that some of them even have access to our, our inner space or, you know, our apartment or um, they've shared a ride with us. But that is not what makes you grow as a Christian. 
It is not your physical proximity. It is your proximity to the teachings of these people. Because essentially, we are spirit. So it is not your physical proximity. It's how you take seriously the words that have been told. And this is where the, the true meaning of honor should come from. Not honor in the sense of worshipping of a person, but honor in the sense of you take the words that come out of that person very, very strong. You, 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 you don't just play around with it. They, they are not just conversations. They are guidances. They are instructions. They are things that you ponder about. You know? So that was the first thing that the Lord shared with me, the child with you, that they devoted themselves, not just to the apostles, but to the teachings of the apostles. So it's not how many times you call Pio. It's about you going to Pio's message and say, what did Pio teach on Sunday? What is Pio teaching right now on feed? And you spell it out and you now sit with it and you say, these teachings, how does it become life into me? Okay, it's not just about I'm in the same WhatsApp group with uh, Reverend, whatever, whatever. It's about the fact that when this person decrees a word or when God uses this person to speak a word, how often do you go there? And that's All right, praise God. Yeah, I don't know, the, the network just glitched for a bit. But yeah, we can hear you now. Again? Yeah, we can hear you, sir. Okay. Where did you hear me too? Where did you guys hear me too? Any feedback so I know where I stopped? Can you guys still hear me, by the way? Guys, do I need yes, feedback? Yes, oh. yes, okay. yes, yes. Sorry, well, yes, we can can't hear you. Yes, we all right. So I was saying that it's not just about you know um being in a WhatsApp group with PO. It's about you know what are the things that makes PO think. You 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 can't say that you want to learn of a person and the instructions or the things that that person has done you don't also strive to emulate them. Another typical example, the Bible says, and Jesus was walking on water, and Peter saw that. Now, it is one thing to have proximity. It's another thing to beckon on Jesus to say, Jesus, bid me to come. Like, I want to experience the things that you experience. I want to taste of this thing. I want to be a partaker. Lord, if you could do it, can you teach me how to do it? Many a times I've found people that all they want to do is be around notable people, but they're not willing to do the work. They're not willing to, you know, sometimes you, you sit down with people and the conversations are just regular, like they are not taking, they are not maximizing those opportunities. Just by being in that presence, they are already in awe. And it's not that you should not be, but desire more the teachings than the person. Let me move to the second thing. The Bible said the second thing they did was fellowship. You cannot keep the, the momentum of a spiritual encounter without fellowship. Because can I say to you, most of the time you even got it by fellowship. You cannot keep it without fellowship. Now, the strength of fellowship is everybody brings fire. Everybody brings one thing about that service or that, you know, uh, 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 um, that, that service that, you know, that struck them. Fellowship is also important because fellowship enables you to put to practice the things that you have read. No greater time to know that you are stingy. I mean, no greater time to know whether you are stingy or not than in the company of people. 
no greater way to know whether you have actually taken the spirit of, in fact, typical example, we would never have been able to understand how bold Peter was if he was not in the company of people. The Bible says immediately that happened, people gathered and Peter spoke. So you will find that, that one of the things fellowship does is it starts to extract from and out of you certain things that the Lord has deposited inside of you. And the Lord has been talking to me about, I did not create a fruit so that it can be hanging on a tree. I created, I created fruit so that it can be ripe and someone can eat it. I created a tree not so that it can stand nice in a place. I created a tree so that it can be shelter for, 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 for animals or for birds. The joy is not just having it inside of you. Is I think the joy of God is to see what he has put inside of you come out, not just to see that it's there. The joy of God is to see how you use what he has put inside of you. And no greater place than in fellowship. The Bible said they fellowship. Another good thing about fellowship is fellowship is a very, very good body system. The Bible says when one is down, the other will lift them up. It's a good thing to have a fellowship of people that are towards the area you are going to. Now, fellowship is like a is like boss. If you are not going to the same place, no matter how good the conversation is, you will not be happy at the destination. I don't know whether somebody got that. Fellowshipping is like a moving bus. No matter how good the conversations you guys have in that bus, if you are not going to the same place, when both of you get to your destination, somebody is going to be unhappy. So I've seen people that you like to fellowship with a certain type of people, but maybe they are not going the way you want to go. Oh, I like this type of friends. They are cool. But maybe that cool is not going the way, the way you are going to go. They will most likely be happy and you may be sad. They will most likely feel that you are fish out of water and they will leave you. So you must also understand that the fellowship that we are talking about is the right community, a community that can fan to flame everything that God has put inside of you. All right. Another thing I learned, which was striking, it says, and sharing of meals. Now, food at that time was one of the elementary things that people could share. And that is why food was talked about. And you find out that as the scripture started to, you know, um, as, as you dive into the scripture, you find out that they were not only sharing food. After a while, they, they metamorphosized from sharing food to sharing properties. It started to become a thing of um, 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 what is mine is yours. It started to become an expression of loving thy neighbor as yourself. Food is one of the elementary things that help life because by eating, you are able to keep being alive. So it's almost like how, how, how fellowshipping helps the soul, feeding also helps the body. It's a bonder. You, you, you find out that the person that you eat with a lot, you start to have a somewhat a, a closer bond with that person. If you and somebody in your place of work has, you like a particular restaurant, and you guys always go there to eat together, after a matter, it's only a matter of time before you know it, it will turn into, you know what, I'll pay for your food, you'll pay for my food. Before you know it, even if you guys are not even paying for each other's food, conversations will come, you guys will start to, you know, go into a little bit of personal thing. Food is a bonder. And God was saying here that do not run away from sharing of your substance. Now, it may not be food all the time. In our 21st century, it may not be food. It may be, you know, advice. It may be godly counsel. It may be anything that 
makes the essence of a bonding team. The Bible says, and they shared the meals. The Bible in bracket now says, including the, including the Lord's Supper. Now, the Lord's Supper was something that always reminded them about Jesus. Because the Bible says, as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. And this is one of the things that you'll find out that also deepens the, the union that the Jewish people have amongst each other. Because guess what? I, when I started to research, I found out that eating food together was not something that came just because of Pentecost. It had always been a long-standing Jewish tradition that I show you that I'm comfortable with you by eating with you. I show you that we are one together by the ability for us to dip our hands in the same food and eat together. I can't poison you because I am dipping from the same place that I'm eating. And it's amazing how figuratively that is something that God is still saying for his children. Should I feel at risk being in the house of a believer? I shouldn't because the nature of what God is teaching us is that I should be able to eat. We should be able to eat together. I should not always have to second guess that this person wants to dupe me. This person wants to swindle me. If I see a believer in a business, I should be happy that, oh, thank God, a believer is there. One naira will be one naira. Not that you're not talking that one naira is 15 naira because you feel like you can extort me. They shared their food. This was not a function of anybody saying, ah, this boy has been coming to my house so much, he has been eating. There was a notion that, you know what, for him to come and he's eating, he does not have. And I know that the day I don't have, I can come to him and I will eat because we are not rivals. We are complementers. We are brothers in Christ. And you see, the thing about when you now come to that meal table and you now share of the Lord's Supper, you take the feeding to another level. Feed now helps you to remember Christ. You can imagine on a table where people are eating together and somebody just says, he looks at a bread and he says, wow. And on that day, Jesus broke bread and was like, whoa, so good. And that now becomes a scriptural conversation. Guys, it starts to bond them even spiritually. It now does not feel awkward when you now say, let's pray together on a dinner table. Because you guys are fellowshipping in the same order. Third thing was they were sharing their meals. The fourth thing is they were giving to prayer. I understand that our generation feels like, like everything is coming by grace, but if you have not settled it in your heart, that communication to God is still as old as it may be, the only way. The Bible says no one comment unto the Father except through me. You cannot come to the Father except you pray in the name of Jesus. You have to converse in the name of Jesus. You have to talk to Jesus. And I find out that as awfully said, prayer should be, is seldomly done. Did you get that? It's awfully said, but seldomly done. I'll give you a typical example. Was it yesterday or the day before yesterday? My wife and I, we had, um, we had something that was really time-bound, and it just seemed like as if a door was shut or was almost being shut at us. And it seemed like as if, you know, that thing was not going to pull through. We were already going through it. But we, were, we were almost slightly panicking, you know, we're not sure as to something. And 
I got to the house and we wanted to relieve and talk about it. And I just remember this thing I just said, that, you know, before we go into the many who's, why and what, let us pray. Let us pray. There were so many things, perception about this. There was just a lot of things hanging in the air. But as oftenly said, it is seldomly done. So what did we do? We held hands together and we prayed. And to God be the glory, by today, that thing that seemed like a turbulence or seemed like a, 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 a Herculean task, because it also bordered on the perception some, somebody could have had about us, which we could not change, prayer changed it. And we got what we needed and we're able to pull through with, a, with, with something that we wanted to pull through. What am I saying to you guys? For you to sustain the momentum, you cannot always be too analytical. You must rather be prayerful. Men always ought to pray and not faint. So I looked at these four ingredients that sustained revival. And let me show you what started to happen as they devoted. Do not forget that the action word in the four things that they did, apostles' teaching, fellowshipping, sharing food, prayer, is that they were devoted. What does devotion mean? It means they gave themselves only to it. They did not see it as an elective course. They saw it as a compulsory course, meaning in my 24 hours, I must factor how many times have I listened to the teaching of the apostle? How many times have I given myself to fellowshipping? How many times have I given myself to caring and giving? And how many times have I given myself to prayer? It was not an elective. It was a compulsory course. Guys, I am telling you that the reason why sometimes you are not seeing the type of power at work in the days of old is not because you carry a lesser Christianity. For the same spirit, for the same spirit, the same spirit that came upon them in Pentecost is also upon you. But the fanning into flame of that fire determines what that fire can engulf. Did somebody get that? The fanning into flame of that fire, be you in Canada, be you in California, be you in Houston, Texas, be you in Nigeria, Osaka, be you in Ajegule, be you in Yaba, it is the same spirit. As much as you fan it, there will be an eruption in your space. A continent does not have the power to quench the spirit of God. Somebody needs to hear that. A socialist capitalist economy does not have the power to quench the spirit of God. As you find it, the spirit would explode. So if you've just migrated or you're thinking of migrating or you're afraid that, ah, the way we do church, they don't do it in other places. No, if you commit to four things, these four things, you would actually see that the power of God is not limited by geographical locations. FYI, around this time, these people were being looked for. Don't let's forget that. They were experiencing both internal and external pressure. So I'm not just talking about a utopia system where everything was nice and dandy, everybody was nice, you know, everybody was going out and saying, hey, Sister Lagaja. No, these guys still had to hide sometimes. These guys still had to watch to be sure that when they were preaching, you know, People don't come at them. In fact, some of the times that Peter will preach, the Bible will say that the next thing we hear was a sermon. Someone from where? They are calling him. There was even a time that he went preaching, and the Bible said that they started to ask him, whose power do you use for these things? And he said that, ah, it's not the same power that our, the gods of our ancestors gave that believed in the, son of, in the person of Jesus Christ. 
they went ballistic. They started to flog them. They came back again. These guys, rather than say, guys, we need to strategize. Wisdom is profitable to direct. The Bible said, what did they do? They asked for boldness. So I'm not saying that the world will not try to stifle what you want to do or what you want to carry. I'm not saying that that, that, that you know, uh, a neighbor will not try to own his journey when you're trying to have your quiet time. Or I'm not saying that things will not try to act counter to what you want. I'm saying that what you carry has the ability to tame that storm. Hallelujah. Now, see what happened in the disciples or with the disciples as they started to commit. I'm not going, I'm going to emphasize it over and over. It cannot be a one-time thing. Not he that visited in the secret place, he that dwelleth. This has to be something that you say, you know what? I take it upon myself to commit to. The Bible says, 43, it says, a deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miracles, many miraculous signs and wonders, a deep sense of awe, you know, and I started to think about this, this line, a deep sense of awe, another way to say it's a deep sense of reverence, you see, one of the things that you must also look at is, are you in a company of people that reverence the person of the Holy Spirit? Are you in the company of people that are discerning enough to know where, you know, certain things should not find entrance? There was a deep level of awe, a presence. They, they recognized that we are not natural people. We carry something. I want somebody to type it right there. I carry the spirit of God. It's not to be joked with. The four things that I said, okay. Um, the first is, you can find it in Acts 2, verse 42. The first is they were devoted to the apostles' preaching or apostles' teaching. The second thing is that they were devoted to fellowshipping. The third thing is they were devoted to sharing their meals. And the fourth thing is they were devoted to prayer. Awesome. I carry the Spirit of God. And what I carry is mighty. What I carry is mighty. Guys, and, you know, Jesus literally told them to tarry. Then he finally gave you that spirit. You don't understand. Jesus declared a no work day just so that you can balanceaga on this spirit. He said, do not do anything. Tarry ye until you have been endued with power. Because what God was trying to tell them was the next phase that you are going to do, might cannot do it. Power cannot do it. It can only be by the word spirit so then you now carry that spirit then you don't want to walk in the consciousness that's what you carry is mighty oh don't do that don't do that the bible says a deep sense of awe reverence came upon all of them and the apostles performed many signs and wonders. Look at 44. It says, and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. You see what I was saying? That it moved from sharing food to sharing everything they have. I pray that as we deepen with Christ, we will start to enter into those dimensions. And before you think that, ah, what are you saying, Pio? That she just opened my account. And she just say, uh, are you saying that? No, 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 no. Don't become legalistic. And we'll sh I'll show you in a bit. It starts from the little things. You have four shoes, give one. You can't wear all four at the same time. Especially looking at the fact that your neighbor does not have. 
I, ne- I, I started to understand something that this, the scripture that Jesus talked about when he says, love your neighbor as yourself and love the Lord with all your heart. This, they, those two scriptures are so intertwined. You cannot love the Lord with all your heart and you will see your neighbor in need and turn a blind eye. Which was why Jesus had a problem with the fact that you call yourself Pharisees, but you can see somebody on the floor and you cannot tend to meet that person's need. The type of Christianity that Jesus was, the type of lifestyle that Jesus was trying to birth was a life that had empathy for the, the people. Sorry, I'm just trying to move someone here. Was a life that had empathy for the people. So it started to dawn on me that one of the things, or one of the ways that you can actually tell whether you attended a revival and a revival attended you, if you understand what I'm saying, is how has your heart changed to the infirmities of people? How has your heart changed to the infirmities of people? Yes, ma'am. I, uh, I already made... Um, Took a co-host anyways, but I will do that uh, in a jig fee. Yeah. So you see, the Bible was showing us what the possibilities could look like that they got so bonded. I don't know. 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 I've, I've heard cases of friends that a lot of times it happens with, you know, with guys. Guys have like hostels, you know, when you are in the hostel, you guys can bond so much. And I think sometimes it also happens with girls, ladies too, where sharing each other's clothes is not so much of a biggie. It's just about understanding, ah, Baba Alpha, I get one interview, I better make I knock your suit. Ah, why now? No, Allah. It, it, it's, it, it, you now start to feel like that person's joy is your joy. Whatever that person is going through, his winning is your winning. That's, that's what God is saying, that you can start to love your neighbor like as if it is happening to you. Like, you can start to see what they're going through, and it's like as if you are going through it, and you want to help, right? So the Bible says that they didn't just give food, they started to give of their possessions. And when they couldn't, when, when they finished giving of their possessions, they now started to even sell their possessions to make abundance in the house. You know what I kind of, I feel that happened. It was not some spooky, supernatural juju that happened to them. No, it was the fact that somebody found out that, you know what, I have four shoes and there's an excitement of having four shoes. But there's a greater excitement that my shoe that was one of the many became a shoe that somebody needed. And thanks for him, thanks to God that I was able to give him that shoe, he got a job interview because he did not look scruffy for the role. There is a heightened level of joy that that person that once owned that shoe will now start to have. That shoe has no longer become something that covers the feet. It has become something that covered another person's shame. Is somebody with me? And with that joy, that, whoa, thank God I have this, and thank God this, my brother now has this. Let's do more. Let's do more. Let's do more. Who else? Let's do more. Let's try. Are you serious? So child can't go to school. Yeah, what can we do? Ah, and I have bills. Oh, okay. Ah, should I take up? Ah, you know what? How much do you have? What, what can we raise? Okay. Let's look at the school, school together. Let's look at, at the scholarship options. Taking it like as if it is yours. Loving your neighbor as if it is yourself. The Bible says, and they started to give everything they have. 
Look at verse 46. He says, and they share their money with those in need. I like what he said. See, they sold their properties and possessions and shared the money with those in need. Did you hear me? With those in need. He did not say just share your property. Because some people now will start to use this as a gimmick to affiliate to the big boys of the land. Oh, I share my money with only the, the philanthropists. I share my money with only the dangotes. No. Look for need. Don't look for fame. Look for need. Somebody should type that there. Don't look for fame. Look for need. Look for a need that when you even do it, nobody knows you've done it. That is a need. Look for the need of the person that may not even have the ability to say thank you. Look for a need. Guys, I've heard this word. There is enough for everyone's need. There's just not enough for everyone's greed. There is enough for everyone's need. There is not enough for everyone's greed. Find a need and give to it. It's, see, giving to it does not mean you are taking up the entire need. It's just telling someone that, you know what? God still hears people. Do you know how many times my wife would give a random seed and the person would just start crying? Because up until the morning of that day, the person was on God. If you don't provide, I die. And God will orchestrate one miraculous way that my wife will come at that same time, at that same season, feel that nudging, do it. And the person will be like, do you, do you under, I feel like some of you don't even need to ask for the gift of prophecy. If you give more, some people would actually know that the prophetic is real because your everyday life of giving will become prophetic to somebody. Did somebody catch that? It will become prophetic to someone that, ah, God, only you know that I am without. Only you know. Praise God. But like I said, they give to needs. Don't give to be famous. Give for needs, needs, needs. So sometimes you may have to do your due diligence to know whether the person is in need. Ah, only need to work on a real Lamborghini gun. Okay, yeah, yeah. Your need is coming. When you when I find that is a need, we'll so, we'll support you. So the Bible says the gift to need, but look at 46. The Bible says they worship together at the temple every day. Ooh, guys, guys. They worship together at the temple every day. Guys, do you know what the Bible was talking about? That was a tight body system. That was me saying, um, Olumde, uh, uh, um, uh, no, Kolade, Alpha, uh, I go service, so I will see you, Abby. I want my brother to be in service. It's not happenstance that we meet there. No, we they go. I they hold you, do they hold me? We they show up. The Bible says they met in service every day. Are you saying that they were not tired? Are you saying that they were not fatigued? But the body system enabled one to pull the other up. You see that sometimes this silos Christianity that we say we do sometimes may not be particularly it. When last did you call your brother to say, guy, how are you? They show for Sunday. Wait till they make you go to church again. Since COVID, COVID self don't, COVID self don't forget saying they do COVID. But you never forget, say you they go to church. What is it? Oh, yeah, come, we we'll go. Oh, yeah, collect link. Oh, yeah, waiting. We did together. So we are carry you. I go pay for your Uber. The Bible says they worship together at the temple each day. You see, the thing about when you have friends that drink from your source, there are certain things that are not debatable because you understand where you stand. I don't know that you get that. 
There are certain things that are not debatable. If we both just finished a service and the pastor was speaking about, you know, generosity, it's easy for me to go out and say, ah, well, let's put this to practice. And the guy does not look at me weird because we just heard about it. But when you have a system where the person does not know, he can misconstrue what you've just done. And that is why it's important that you, especially for those that are also married, try as much as possible that you guys drink from the same source so that one person is not seen weird and the other. All right. Bible says, and they gave, they worship together, met in homes for the Lord's Supper. You see how they were put into practice the four things I was talking about? They met in homes, they fellowshiped, they ate, and they went to church together. They prayed, they worshiped together. The Bible says, as they were doing this, Look how it says, and they shared their meals with great joy and generosity. It says, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. All the while praising God and having a common wealth. The Bible says, and each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. You know, I wrote it here that this is the secret of multiplication. As a church, if a church is undergoing a drought, let them put to practice these four things. I, I have no doubt that they would experience multiplication. So for me, I just wanted to show you guys how when you read the scriptures, you need to start to ask yourself, okay, how does this thing play out? in my normal day. This was just, how many lines? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, five. Yeah, 42 to 47. And see all the things that we have been able to gain out of it. The scripture cannot, I, I feel like if air is not stressful for the nose, the scripture should not be stressful for the spirit. Did you get that? If air is not stressful for your nose or for your lungs, then the Bible or the scriptures should not be stressful for your spirit because they pretty much do the same thing. They are a life-giving organism. Air, oxygen is life-giving. The Bible is also life-giving. We need to start to move to the place where, you know, we are able to devote ourselves to these things. All right. Now, I put this as a bedrock of something, and I just wanted us to just share that are there ways, or, and this is where, you know, we would, we would um, open the mic on. To be honest, I'm done. I just want to entertain questions and see, you know, how can we make this a thing? in our very busy schedule, with our very, you know, complex working environment. You know, now we cannot categorically say that everybody carries this, this um, spirit or, you know, sometimes you have to gauge some people, okay, this person's coming too much, are they coming to, mm, you know, it, it, I feel like this was one of the purest times of the church. I'm, I'm sorry, but it just felt like this where, Beautiful times. This was just beautiful times, you know, miracles, signs and wonders, communion living, boldness, fighting against, you know, oppression and opposition, 
enforcing the kingdom of God, even in the face of despair. These were beautiful times, but people died in these times too, you know, just ensuring that this gospel moved from where it was to where it is now. So now that we are in our generation, where our generation is more godless now, if I may say so, and I might be wrong, but you know, there are so many things now that can, that just that word devotion alone is a challenge because there are many things that are fighting our devotion. So how can we create a, a structure where we can be devoted? Can somebody help me with that? There's a noise in the background. Thank you. No, help. On it, so it's a network. Okay, super. All right. How can we cultivate the habit of, you know, these four things? Um, apostles, you know, devoting ourselves to apostles' teachings. Have you noticed that some, some, most times we seldom go back to messages? I've said this thing so many times, jokingly, that now with the advent of, of, of um, technology, you can literally count how many people watch your message, or, you know, it, it's almost, almost feels like more often than not, the amount of people that go to church, lesser number of people go back to the messages. So now the question is open now. How do we bring this to reality? This is where we all get to, where we hear a fantastic word, but we struggle with translating. So I'm going to let my mic on now, or let some mics on so that we can talk about how to recreate this lifestyle. I see Oluwale's hand up. Yes, Oluwale, please, you shoot first. Good evening, Bishop. Uh, uh, I'll say welcome back because it's been a minute. Um, so, <laughs> so I'll say the answer is pretty much in the verse you read. One of the things um, that the early disciples had that we don't replicate now is the cell structure. And when we think of cells, we think we're always thinking about church, church, but it was beyond that. I think, for example, I'm sure you and you're aware of this. When Yonggi Cho, what made the church in South Korea grow exponentially was the cell yeah. structure, like they had cells. So the question now is, okay, how do we take those cells and translate them into everyday life? And if mm. we take the cell structure, we bring it out into circles. Who is in your circle? If you look at the book of Daniel, when there was a situation, they said that Daniel went back to Ananiah, Michelle, and Azariah, and they brought that circle. So the question we have to ask ourselves is that in our immediate environment, are we just having best friends? We can have best friends, but they're not in our circle. They mm. can have close friends, but they're not in our circle. So what is that circle? They're not here. So what's the, the question is, what, if we're going to create a circle, what, what are the prerequisites for that circle? You know, I recently told a friend that, you know, anytime he gets an opportunity, he's very happy to tell the people he thinks as friends. And I, and he had lost some one or two opportunities in the past. And that day, I, I, when, he, when he told me about the one that happened, I was happy for him, but I felt led to tell him, I told him this, I said, when you want to tell anybody anything that is on the horizon, if the person cannot pray it true with you, don't tell them. Which means mm. that the circle he has to form is people who, um, pray if, if they can't pray through with you or like or on the same wavelength spiritually or that financially you can understand that prayer is needed needed for, for those kind of things not just calculating yes. yeah 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 so and it's those kind of things because 
we are in a world whereby it's like it's an archetype of the Babylonian system and we need to function with the strategies in the Bible. And Daniel, you know, for some reason, God made me study Daniel again. It's mm. that circle thing. He had, he had that circle he could go back to and he prayed it through um, for God to give the um, revelation of yeah. dream. When Peter was trapped, they said the church prayed for him. He went back to that church. It wasn't like some unknown folks he went back to because yeah. it's a different case where you're interceding for somebody in some church. him to that place. Yeah, that means there was a circle there. So translating, we have to create conscious circles around us who we have those similar values with. We need to be intentional about friends, best friends, you know. We need to reevaluate all those the prerequisites for someone to be your best friend. It's not mm. no, it's no longer a longevity like oh we've been cool since primary school. Come on, it's not like friends how, how long are we been cool? Yeah, how cool are we spiritually? How cool are we mentally? Those metrics have to change. I feel that's how we can replicate that in present time. Thank you. Thank you so much. Whoa, like, mm. and you know, that even leads to another question. How do you create that kind of circle? And I like what he said. It starts from evaluation of what matters to you. See, you think songs like goodbye world, I'm staying no longer with you. Now, the world is not the world. The world are people. You can't say goodbye world and keep the people that are in that world. For you are in this world, but you are not of this world. You need to be able to define what your next move is. And honestly, what he said was so spot on. I remember for myself, when I left secondary school, I, I had some terrible friends. Like these guys were all up for things that pertain to life, life killing and godlessness, women, alcohol, whatever it is. They were boom. And I knew that we were not going the same direction. As much as we were, the, we had a click in school, we had a tag name, we had logos, we are we're not going the same way. And for some of us, you find out that the fear of being lonely again makes you stick with people that you guys are going to the wrong direction. But like I said, fellowship is like a moving bus. At the end of the day, one person will be hurt if you don't pick the right bus. You would have enjoyed the ride, but you guys were going the wrong direction. So it's something that you need to decipher and just tell yourself, you know, when do I want to break the cycle and birth a circle? When do I want to break a cycle and birth a new circle? So thank you so much, Wally. How can we do that? Maybe we can also throw that because I really want us to go, go practical, you know, because these are the things. This, this, we can see what these things did in the Bible and we see how we love the things that, you know, it did in the Bible. There were spiritual gifts. People were getting healed. They were giving to each other. That means abundance was happening. Guess what? If there was scarcity as they were giving, the Bible, they, 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 they would have run out. But it means that they were not running out. They were sharing it, but it seemed to have been multiplying. So it meant that people were not running out. They were praying. So they, there was spiritual intimacy. They were praying. They were, come on, this, this is like the dream. So how can we? So typical example now. So how do you break a cycle? You have a cycle of, you know, people that maybe you're not going the same direction. Sorry, sir. Before you go, Onome's hand was up. Oh, my bad. Sorry. Okay, so let's take Onome, then we'll go back to this question. Onome, fire away. Onoms, are you there? 
Oh, she said it was a mistake. <laughs> All right. So question, next question, how can we build, you know, godly circles? I've heard people say, oh, even when they go to church, you know, how can we build, you know, godly circles? How can we create that circle of people that seem like, you know, that structure, that cell structure? Anybody wants to weigh in on that? Like I said, we are, it's Bible study. We are all getting to help each other. I will share from my experiences, but somebody may have another experience that topples mine or not really topples that, you know, put credence to what we are saying and it's more practical or reachable. Hey, do not deny the world, you know? Any other person, like I shared with me, like for me, how did I, you know, change my circle? I think the first thing I knew was I needed to evaluate where I was going. I needed to evaluate it. It was very crystal clear to me. I, I, well, for me, I was a bit brutish because it kind of felt like I just ghosted them. And, you know, after a while, they just got the memo that Olumde doesn't want to hang out with us again. Maybe there's some wisdom to doing it now. I don't know. But for me, I just were like, I was, they just didn't see me in their circles anymore. I was not going to parties with them. I was evasive. I always had something to do. I will always, you know. Another thing was I also kept myself busy with church. So it started out as a very good alibi. And after a while, it just felt like, hey, mm, yeah. Hey, I'm cutting off his wisdom. <laughs> no other way. You know, so, but maybe there are, you know, other ways that maybe some of you have been able to do it. Have you been able to come, you know, tell people that, oh, you know what, we can, you know, we are not on the right trajectory. We we don't see eye to eye on certain issues. You know, I, I don't know. Did you have to have a conversation? Is it awkward just letting go? How do you deal with, you know, the immediate fear of loneliness or aloneness? You know, let's, let's, let's bring this in because if we don't tackle them, People will just crawl back into the, you know, the holes that they came from and hey, they're back, they're back in those shoes again. Any other person, like we said, let's keep it interactive, guys. Thank you once again, Oluwale, for sharing fantastically um, from that school of thought. Any other person? Um, hello? Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm going to say something, but I think it's even from a bit of what you said. You know, there was a time um, you were preaching, you were talking about the difference between wits and tears, that they look mm. the same until they grow up to a certain level, then you can distinguish them. So depending on the stage you are in, sometimes a, a sharp cutoff is needed so that you are not pulled, but because you are still... <laughs> so I'm like, sometimes, man, you are looking for wisdom and the wisdom is just like, hey, man, peace, bro. <laughs> But how do we balance cutting off genuinely and just the bad habits that Christians have to shy away mm. from tough conversations? Oh, okay. Or to okay. shy away from just having a conversation of let me give you an instance. I was just thinking about one today. Somebody rushes into your life, they are all up there, they want to know you today, in the next one week, they want to. And then the next minute they disappear. I feel like, and that's why I tell people sometimes when I pray to God to deliver us from the spirit of excitement and just really be joyful. And, and like Pastor Bimbo, take it to get to know. I think it applies to all relationships. Don't start what you cannot finish, right? Take it so get mm. to know. But when you meet people, I feel like Christians ghost a lot, Bishop, beyond, oh, they are not of the, we don't, uh, they are not 
uh, going, they're not the circle, all right? I think if you, let's go and establish that layer, someone that you meet somebody, I mean, you went for an event, you went for a wedding, and a guy, you know, and you, you realize that this brother is not going the same way. This one just wants to be doing things, all right? So I feel for that kind of one, you can, uh, you can cut it off, but cut it off in a way that can give room for grace, give room for, if I need, God need to send you to preach again, you don't do it in a way that, I mean, I mean, the people that you flee from every evil appearances, this one is coming, every I want you, I need, what are you wanting? You flee. Um, um, there are certain people you realize that being around them, you're, you're, you feel like you're drained, you, go, you, you, are, you, you are depressed after, you pray about it and you begin to pull back gradually. And that's why I tell people, take it so get to know, don't just throw yourself, I'm not saying be suspicious, don't throw yourself. However, believers, I think we, we need to have, learn to have conversations. A typical example, brother Olumide did something. Instead of just conclude that, ah, that thing but Olumide did, ah, I will never talk to him again. No, we have the conversation in our head. But Olumide, will you do that? That's so bad of you. Then you are the one that is acting but Olumide's statement. Eh, even if I did that, call. and your mind, you think you've had a conversation with Olumide. You see but Olumide next Sunday. But Olumide that you went to Og last week. You see but Olumide next Sunday and you walk past him. There's no discernment of spirit. I want to help that person because sometimes we don't understand the impact of ghosting. Now, I'm not talking about umbels now. The impact of ghosting amongst ourselves without proper conversation. You can you can pull away from someone and be still cautious. Oh, good morning. How are you doing? I call you five times. I have reduced to three times. I wrote to one time. I have reduced to when we called. But I'm just saying that we need to draw the line to know when to, you know, get away and all of those things. All right. So... <laughs> there's something to do in the comment chat yeah umbel means unbelievers just just so you know so, uh, so, let me read this um, one what, uh, that, sorry one more thing bishop yeah one more thing bishop so if you want to build right circle be the circle you want to attract be that circle what do you want you want people that are praying be that one you want people that are studying be that one you want to go to my meetings be that one Pray about that one. Be in the places that you can attract those ones and then trust God to connect you in places that you cannot even imagine you attract them. I, I say those there are two dimensions because one, Bishop and Emmanuel, they never planned in their lives that I need Emmanuel, I need Bishop, let's jump. There's some things that God will do. He sees your heart. He knows what you need, including the people you need. And then when he connects you, it's your responsibility to steward it. If Bishop and Emmanuel don't steward their relationship, it will end, it's, it's gone into the oceans. That's the end. So some of us need to ask the Lord to give us grace to steward. Like I said, Bishop has said that some people that are good to have, the people that are must have, that even in certain relationships, know who is who or not. So be that person, pray for it, become it, and trust God to bring even certain people when you don't need it. But sometimes we get so obsessed about the kind of people you want in a circle, that if you're not careful, sometimes it's not because it's the kind of people you want, it's just idolatry, it's just an idea of the kind of people you want. Some of you, the people you need in your circle are around you right now, but you just need to open, you need open eyes and you need to appreciate them. They might not look like Gucci right now, maybe it's just Gucci. <laughs> you need to love them and appreciate them more. Being around the right people for circle is not just show off or because there's also, there's also a school of thought of people that show off, well, I just fasted 10 days. Spiritual pressure, like you are just pressured that you're not good enough. They are the one making it. So you also need to just become that. Keep praying and trust God to align it into your life. So good. So Pia, you want to read this? You want to read from our sister? Okay. 
I, by the way, what's up? Okay, so I'm going to read it. I'm typing because I think being real, I think a lot of people want to be perceived. We can't hear you. As being, you can't hear me. Now we can. can you hear me? Okay. Now we can. I, I think by being real, I think a lot of people want to be perceived as being spiritual and deep. If you can show your strength and your weaknesses and let people see that you're human, I think that will help others to see that they are not weird. That will enable them to open up and open up impartation. Impartation can and will happen. A lot of people carry church on their head, but they think, I agree. A lot of people, one of the ways you can also is be real. A lot of people, like I said, want to be perceived as spiritual. I don't know why. You know, I heard something yesterday. Simplicity intensifies what is real. Simplicity mm. intensifies what is real. Sometimes it, be real. What does that mean? That um, you don't want to be around people that so that you can say, I pray to. The moment you are, you cannot really reach out. Like I have some tough conversation with sending people. I can't like, please guys pray for me. I'm, I'm not feeling too good. But if you're the type that you cannot even ask for prayer because you're the one that is always um, destroyed. So if you're not careful, you have savior complex. You want to be the one in the group that is the most spiritual. So I'm going to leave you that. I think it's as simple as she said it. Be real, be authentic. Stop trying to be, be perceived as spiritual. Be spiritual. And let, the, so, let God, let the perceiving happen. So let, let, let me just put some, you know, um, let me just also share in that light. Please, I want people to understand something about the church and um it's just that I, I intentionally, and I'm learning this, sometimes I get to, because of the expanse knowledge of things that I've read, I, I want to crash everything. If I'd gone to verse 5, I would have showed you guys the, the disadvantage of faking a, a lifestyle that you are not called into. And that was the story of Ananias and Sapphira. But I think I'll be taking that next week. So, yeah, you may want to stick around for that too. But just to pick on that, the Bible said, Peter said, hey, Ananias and Sapphira, why did you allow the devil use you? Now, what Jesus or what was going on there was, even in a highly spiritual environment, if we are not careful, we the elect, we can't fall to the lies of the enemy. It is our not being real that puts us in more danger. Now, what am I saying? Ananias and Sapphira, husband and wife, knew that they were struggling, apparently, with giving all they had, which, in, in honesty, wouldn't have been a problem if they had tabled it, that guy, so I, I see the way that you guys are doing all these things, so, but come on, you guys, cost more so for us, now. it's not that easy. But the Bible says that rather than do that, they started to conceive the ability to say, you know what, let's do something different. Let's look like them, but we are not them. And that's something that is so rampant right now, that people want to look like they are praying, but what prayer does in our inside, we are not it. <laughs> we want to look like we are spiritual, but what true spirituality should bring out to the world, we are not giving it. So we sound like we can pray the same way we gossip like crazy because it is not your perceived prayer life that, you know, people want to know is how prayer has helped you to gossip less. So you find out that 
we now have a bunch of people like Ananias and Safira that they look like, oh my, that guy and a spiritual guy, oh, they, they do. But meanwhile, they are not doing as much as they say they do. And I felt like there was something about that that God wanted to really attack and he used them as an example. And I say that with every sense of responsibility. God used them as an example because if God decides to do the same thing he did to Ananias and Sapphira for every single person, all of us for don't die at one point. Because there's so much trying to become people that a lot of us don't even grow to be. We want to, you know, they just told you that, you know, you need to start with Rakaba, Rekekekeke, Shadambradode, and from there, you can see visions. You two, you are, you are now in the league. But you are, <laughs> I like that, Fox Fox spirituality. I felt like that was an opportunity for Ananias and Sapphira to actually have gotten healing of the heart. Now, oh, you know what, peace yourself. Because if you listen to Peter, Peter said, see, we didn't force you to sell the land. The land was yours. And even if you sold the land, the money was yours. We didn't, there was nothing here that says that you are under compulsion. The same way in a lot of Christians, you need to hear it. There is nothing that says you are under compulsion to live a life that you are not yet there. If you don't pray one hour yet, there is nothing that makes you need to lie about it, that you too, you see 15 visions. There is nothing. You can pace yourself. You can grow. And that is what Sister Chin has been saying. When we all constellate in a body, in a building called church, we must be able to tell ourselves, oh, I did try for this area. However, this one, I need help. You, you sabi the medicine. We'll go help me for here. And by that way, we share. And by sharing, we get better. By sharing, we get better. Mm. Do, do, do you get what I'm trying to say? That yes, everybody would come with their levels of perfection and imperfections, and as we sharpen each other, we become, you know, as we rub off on each other, we become sharpened. So I just wanted to say that, that like, some, like P.I. said, some of you, you may want people that pray a lot. Check within yourself. Do you have people that pray? Let's start from there. Because even you say, it's not like I think you pray a lot. And if you pray a lot, don't be the only prayer in the... Excuse me, what about helping the other people to also pray too? So that they too can extend, they can increase. And you can be seen as the one that fueled that extensive prayer life. Before you just cut them off and say, these ones are not doing it for me, I need to go to level two. The only time I feel that cutting off is allowed is if these people violate the things that we should stand for. Like it yeah. would be slightly questionable if we have a community of people that do not honor the values of Christian living, or even when we fall short, we do not honor the value of asking for forgiveness and trying not to live that life again. If you find people that are comfortable and, com and complacent with their spiritual work, it may rub off on you. So then you can now start to, with wisdom, and like you said, have conversations with guys who have fun now. Let's, you know, there are times that people will even tell, even me and I, and both of us, we can just say, ah, Olivia, you know, let's 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 do something. You know, just jolt each other. Just let's 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 read a book. Let's let's do something. I don't see it as embarrassment. I see it as I, our iron is sharpening iron. The season in my life where like PI is just I'm like, oh, 
give me what you they read. Like, what is this thing that you are not? Let me watch the message you are watching. Because that is how we complement each other. I would not say that, ah, I beg your own two more to. No. Do you guys get that? All right. Is there any other person that wants to say anything before we yeah, close? Yeah, before we close. Yeah, Bishop, I just saw something. Someone talked about um, um, vulnerability that you don't owe everyone. Yeah, I agree. There's a difference between transparency and vulnerability. However, sure that sometimes, if you look at it this way, you think you should be vulnerable only when you see somebody has been vulnerable. That means you're waiting for someone else to be vulnerable for you to be vulnerable. I don't think someone else's vulnerability should be what validates your, your vulnerability. Vulnerability, yeah. being vulnerable. So I agree with that. Be the right circle. Be The question is, do you trust this person enough all right, to you know, just be vulnerable? And then you begin to watch for in close circle. Is it both ways? Now, the problem is some people, you are with people. I, I think Bishop, when Bishop talks about this next week, it needs to really break down. I mean, it really blessed my heart so much. When he said about this, about God bring people to your life. And sometimes you can mistake people that should be what propellers. I, I went for a meeting, I was I went for a meeting somewhere three weeks ago, and the person was saying about different kind of people you need. You need people that will give you there's some people that they're, they're just there for access, some people are there for their angels, some people are there as um she broke it down to different groups, which made sense. And almost like what Bishop is saying, you meet people and the Honestly, being who they are in your life, maybe an authority, a mentor, um, someone that puts you on check, puts you on check, or is great. That's why they are there. It's a good to have that they become your very chummy friends. But don't trade the good, don't trade the good to have for the should have, the reason why God has brought them in your life. So sometimes you meet people and you're like, if for instance, if you're accountable to PO right, on the account of, not because you guys are friends, for instance, maybe he's your mentor or whatever, and he shares with you, I, I, I separate him, he's a very, very vulnerable person, but if you're engaging how vulnerable you'll be with him based on how he tells, for instance, you're accountable to him about marriage, and he shares some things with you, and because maybe you feel like you want to go to some nitty-gritty, you're waiting for him to also to show, you are getting it wrong. At that place, he's there to serve as so also when we say vulnerability, let's be sure that we are gauging it right according to the relationship, according to the relationship. Now, if you come to people that your circle, maybe your friend, you know, because your circle is broken down into spheres. In my circle, I have Pastor Tyro. As much as I will call him and I want to say everything on my mind, hear what he has to say, he doesn't have to tell me, if, like, no, that's not why that relationship is there. In my circle, I have Apostle Femi Adu. In my circle, I have some other instructors. My circle, I have my, of course, I have my family, my husband. In my circle, I have my very good friend, my covenant friends, and people that we don't talk all the time. But when we catch up, I do have friends like that. You will pick up from where you stopped. Those kind of, I don't need to be waiting for who will break vulnerability first because I know their heart is right. So what I would say about vulnerability, ask the Lord to help you to discern. If you can discern rightly the place people's hearts are, in terms of how, and sometimes time that will tell because you will be vulnerable to some people that they are the, you believe they were angels and they will turn to be demons. I mean, it's like that scripture of who bewitched you, uh, what happened, who came to you. So I just want to explain that there's a difference between transparency, but the issue is that there's also now a generation that feels that, oh, we are vulnerable. So you think you should be vulnerable to everybody. Everybody thinks they need to come online to tell us what's happening in your bedroom. Oh, somebody posted, I'm sorry, happy anniversary, babe. I'm sorry I did not pick your call. No, I'm not in town. On. The status like yo you could just send a message to your wife we really don't you know so 
there is also a vulnerability disorder that is happening right now where people don't know how to put boundaries. Like, we don't, it's not a business. Find yourself who don't turn into army and spread the news. So there's a difference between vulnerability and transparency. However, if you keep waiting for people to be vulnerable, you to be vulnerable. Maybe the other person is waiting for you to be vulnerable for them to be vulnerable. So we'll keep waiting. So we'll break the jinx. So you just make up your mind that I want real relationships. I want real friendship. I want real. And in the process, you will be hurt. In the process, you'll be misconstrued. In the process, it might not go as planned. And at the end of the day, God will find, if you keep praying about it, that people, some of the strong, strongest people in my life, I, I, it's not because I planned it. I saw them somewhere. I like them. God brought them into my life. God is a good father that he knows what you need. And I pray God will give us eyes to see it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Just, okay. Does anybody want to say something? I, I, I didn't want to cut anybody off. No, no, no. That was it was me. That's okay. Fine. Just to help somebody with vulnerability, um, I would tell you that um people may come into your life and they may not be able to treasure your vulnerability. It shouldn't make you stop being vulnerable. However, it's just something how how would I put it now? It's 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 something I Maybe I, I, I work better with scriptures. Now, Judas was not able to handle the vulnerability of Jesus. I want to believe that as much as the Bible said that somebody was going to betray Jesus, there must have been certain things that was going on in the mind of Judas, right? Maybe he must have seen like, the Messiah we want is, should be mighty. What is this guy about? You know, but it just kind of felt like sometimes you would have people that may not see things the way you do. What I really am trying to say is sometimes I feel like the 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 amount of pressure, the amount of what how we the, ah words help me, Lord. The way we concentrate a lot of energy on our image how we are perceived sometimes is higher than what god wants to do with your life like some of us we hold our our self-esteem in such a glass that nobody can shatter it and just one person you know touching it that makes everything good like no one of the things I've come to understand is I will be with people that will love me even more than I love them. The same way I will be with people that may not love me as much as I love them. And for those ones that do not love me at all, I will give the love that I can. And if they do not love me in return, then I know where I stand. But I will not always gauge my love first. I would give it freely. I will see you and say, hi, how are you? I would be open, I will be transparent. But I am also aware that I may also get people that may not treat me the way I want to be treated. I feel like that has just always been something in me so that when it happens, sometimes I don't feel too betrayed, right? Because I, I, I just feel like, okay, it's not every time that, you know, like I know the value of pencil, but somebody will now carry pencil and use it to be doing his ears. Like some people will not just know the value of me. And it's, it, it, it will happen if somebody could not know the value of Jesus and he sold him, you know, for gold and silver. Some people may not know your value. It's possible. So I don't put too much on my heart, ah, my image. Ah, that person. You understand? I was telling somebody that 
if Jesus was like that, then the first thing Jesus would have said when he saw Peter after, you know, that thing happened, first he told Peter that guy, you're going to deny me. So it was not news to Peter. Peter still denied him. As if that was bad, that was not bad enough. Peter now goes back to fishing. Like, I don't know how many of you feel like, what in God's name is wrong with Peter? Like, has it gone bonkers? Like, you literally went back to where me and you, where everything started. Like, you literally lived your life, like I said, this whole Jesus something. I know do again. Where was the last place I was before Jesus came to interrupt my life? Yes, I was fishing. Let me go and fish. I personally feel like, after I see him and I say, hi, Peter, you do hello. Wow. So this is how life is. This is it. But Jesus didn't do that. The Bible said that Jesus was still trying to get them to catch fish at the other side. The Bible says, and Peter saw that it was Jesus and he ran into the waters and he dived into the water and swam to the seashore and he met Jesus. And the Bible said Jesus had breakfast waiting for them. Like I am living my life and God helping me. I'm living my life knowing that in my organization, in my family, in my community, in there might be people that may not appreciate me the way I appreciate. Yeah, I I I appreciate them, but it doesn't mean that I should not become nasty. So I like I like what that person said. Yeah, let Jesus be your true model. If not me, more people will hear what I will give them. So you get. And you can imagine what Jesus was even saying. Like, if you love me, feed my sheep. It was, Jesus was sweet. He was sweet to Peter. He did not cast him out. Even though Peter, you know, could, did the worst. So um, next week we'll be looking at, you know, um, like I said, except God changes it. Ananias and Sapphira. Um, but just looking at how, you know, certain things that we do in our not being real people, can create some level of division in the house. You know, we trying to be who we are not, those things can hamper or hinder the flow of the spirit because guys, you must understand, God wants everybody to come the way they are so that he can fix us all. Somebody needs to hear that. Like we all come with our flaws because the presence of the Lord is where we all find solution. As pastor, as congregant, as usher, as we all find succor in his presence. But when you now come with a wrong disposition of yourself, you literally say that I'm about to not only fake it, I'm comfortable with faking it and living this life of faking it. And that's why you see now I'm preempting myself. The Bible said, Peter said, Why have you lied to the Lord? And I'm like, to the Lord? You can't lie to the Lord, the Lord sees everything. But it was just trying to express the fact that, you know what, you could have come with your infirmity and God would have fixed you. Why did you have to form like this was a biggie? I mean, this was not a biggie when it was a biggie. So that's we'll be looking into. How do you now, you know, be, how are you vulnerable? How can you, you know, you know, walk around, you know, things that happen in the in 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 spiritual organizations where, you know, we just look at look at that. Everything is not fully formed up now, but we will. But hope you guys were able to get something out of today. Hope this was fun. Like we really want to, and that's one thing that is heavy on my heart. I really want us to be able to open up and break scriptures that in a way that we can go with practical ways to living life and doing life, not just having that, you know celestial overview, but bringing it to birth and sharing how this is how we can help each other. So